Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another episode of the Sound Heart Radio. We give God thanks for this opportunity to meet with you, and we pray that your life is prospering in Christ. And so he is the subject uh, of our exposition this morning, Christ Jesus. What does it mean uh, to be in Christ? So I want to, I'm going to be reading from Ephesians chapter 1, <clears throat> and I want you to know that in Ephesians chapter 1, the first uh, verses uh, 2 through 14 are one long sentence in the Greek text, and thereafter Paul begins his prayer uh, for the saints at Ephesus. I want you to keep in mind that as we read Ephesians, as we study Ephesians, we are, the Holy Spirit is the author of the scriptures, and Paul is a mature saint in Christ. And so what we have available to us is, <clears throat> is his mature thinking through the power of the Spirit. So the, what Paul has for us, uh, let me emphasize this, is only for the saints in Christ. Uh, his documents, his 13 documents, are only for the saints in Christ. Not for uh, the world at large, but only for the believing uh, community. <clears throat> in the Greek text, the emphasis is on the constantly believing ones, the constantly believing community. So with that, uh, let's have a word of prayer, and we'll begin our study for this morning. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who died for us on a Roman gibbet in 33 AD. We thank you, Father, that Jesus died for our sins. He was buried, and he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Thank you, Father, for the new reality that we have in Christ. There is nothing like it, and there is no one like him. And we thank you, Lord, for our Savior. In his name I give thanks. Amen. So I want to uh, read to you from Ephesians chapter 1, uh, and I'm going to begin at verse 1. Then I'm going to go uh, and read... Psalm 22, because there are some things that I, I want you uh, to see. Well, how do we get to uh, the letter to the Ephesians? What led up to to this? And so uh, us having this, this, very, this, this wonderful document. Uh, now, Paul uh, is, is teaching about positional Christology. Uh, that is, our position in Christ. Don't 
ever let anyone dissuade you or lie to you about uh, this truth and make you believe that you are not accepted in the beloved. So let me read. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God to the saints, which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the Beloved in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. And this word means sin involving guilt, sin involving guilt, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded, and that word in Greek is superabounded, wherein he hath superabounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence having made known unto us the mystery of his will, the musterion, according to his good pleasure, which he hath proposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. In whom, verse 11, also we have obtained an inheritance, as one word in the Greek, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh the all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Now, that word heard means to hear with conviction that results uh, in a change of heart or change of attitude. In whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, I should read the promise, which is the earnest or the arabon, the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise of his glory. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, notice the connection there, notice the syntax. After I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints. 
the sentence is written this way because this is an organic whole. One cannot say I love God and hate the people of God. She's not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. Now, he wants the saints to grow up in their understanding of who Christ is and who they are in Christ. Spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. It is a specific knowledge. It is epinosis. Verse 18. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. And so here he's talking about the mind. The eyes of your understanding. Some people say the eyes of your intelligence. Uh, The New Testament writers did not speak like that. The eyes of your heart, the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. That you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Verse 21. All these verses are very important for us to understand. Listen very carefully to 21. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Jesus defeated the power of darkness. Jesus defeated the devil. He defeated uh, the powers of darkness and led, uh, and he led them as captives. He took away the power of the devil. And so he is Lord of all. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. Verse 22, and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. And that is the end of chapter 1. Chapter 2, verse 1. And hath, <clears throat> and you hath he quickened, who were dead. In the Greek it reads, and you, and you being dead, quickened, or hath he made alive. It's not in the Greek text. And you were dead in trespasses and sins. The word where, present active participle, uh, we transliterated as being, B-E-I-N-G. And in Greek, the word is ontos. And here he, Paul is speaking about the ontology of death, being dead. Paul never talks about the fallen world or fallen mankind, the prophets, 
of the Old Testament never talked about a fallen world. The apostles collectively never taught about a fallen world. Their focus was on divine viewpoint thinking, not humanistic thinking or human intelligence, but divine viewpoint is what Paul is elucidating here. Divine thinking. If we fail to understand divine viewpoint thinking, then we're not going to grow up in grace. We're not going to grow up into him in all things. Here's an example of worldly thinking. There is a sermon uh, entitled, this guy is out from Texas. It was called, quote, invite God into your problems, unquote. That is Western psychotheology. Invite God into your problems. I never read such language in the Old Testament. I never read such language in the New Testament. The Ephesian document is for the believing community. That language bespeaks the failure of Western theology. A psychotheology does not save. A psychotheology does not liberate. When you hear such language, you should be like the noble Bereans and go back to the scripture and search these things out to see if they are so. And Paul wrote, test all things. Now, there are some podcasters who say that well, if we are all for the same purpose, then we shouldn't have people saying things about about other podcasters. Critical assessment, the critical acumen is tossed out. And Paul wrote, test all things. Test all things. Test my message to you this morning. Western theology, someone had wrote long ago that, well, I'll say that for another podcast, but Western theology is based on, on humanistic philosophy, so its foundation is sand. The enduring power of the word of God is seen in the documents of the scriptures. Jesus said, if you build your house on this rock of my words, my thinking, and the storms come and the winds blow and the waves beat against the house, it will not fall or fail because it was founded upon not a rock but the rock. Now, you're going to go through some things in life. And if you've lived long enough, you know that you're going to need God, excuse me, and I'm going to need God before he needs me. 
So it behooves me to grow into maturity as a believer so that I will learn to be faithful. And I found that as I have grown up and learned to be faithful, God has opened doors of blessing that I never knew existed. What happens to children if the father is not faithful to the mother? What happens to children if the mother is not faithful to the husband? There are so many studies that say that girls do better than boys when it comes to divorce. Now, boys have a hard time. The Bible also teaches the importance of what? Faithfulness and teaching the young ox or yoking the young ox to the mature ox so that he would learn the way of the old ox who will teach through experience. And that the yoke is necessary. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light, said the Lord Jesus. My yoke is easy. If you would go back and read some of the documents of the Pharisees of the first century and read some of the writings of the rabbis, read some of the legal minutiae that they wanted people to follow, you will read about incredible burdens. And Jesus pointed it out and said, you, you, you want people to bear humanistic legal minutia, but you won't help at all. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So I learned that being faithful, I'm in a place that's wonderful. When I struggle against the yoke, kick against the goad, then I'm going to have problems. And then, because I'm carnal and I'm kicking against the yoke, and I scramble for answers, I'm going to listen to nonsense like invite God into your problems. Syncretism was tried in the Old Testament with the saints. They tried to join Yahwism and Baalism, or Yahwism and Asherah. And the northern kingdom was completely destroyed because attempting to unite Yahwism with Baalism destroyed the people. They went completely over into idolatry. And in Hebrew, the word idolatry means nothingness. It means literally nothing. And herein is the deceitful nature of sin and idolatry. Now, sin focuses upon self, upon the ego. It speaks about the crucifixion of the ego. So, We 
have a conjoint relationship with Christ. Verse 2, verse 4 reads, as he has chosen us, as he has chosen us in his own interest and for his own purpose, he has chosen us. Well, the Pope is more important than I am. No, he's not. Well, the priest to whom I give profession is more uh, important than I am. No, he's not. Well, this famous pastor, because people say, wow, he's really amazing, he's more important than I am. No, he's not. certainly has more influence than I do. With whom? As he has chosen us in him. You never see such language, super saints, or people who are more important to God than you are. You never you never read that. See, that's from the old system. That's from that that's cosmic thinking. Well, I'm ashamed of me. That's cosmic thinking. And God can't want me because maybe you have been terribly abused by someone and the person who abused you taught you to believe that you are worth hyphen less. Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden. Listen to the language. All ye who labor. That word means toil. Toil without getting anywhere. I toil with my thinking. I toil with my past. I toil with my present. I toil toil with decisions. Well, here's the perfect entrance to invite God into my problems. No. Come unto me, all ye who labor, toil, and are heavy laden, burden down. It is a shipping term. And it refers to the bill of lading. It means that which is which weighs one down. These words are directly from Jesus. And I will rest you. Notice, I will rest you. That is, I will make to cease. I will make to stop the stuff that makes you toil or within which you toil about yourself. <clears throat> I'm so unworthy. Who would want me? Who would listen to me? Who would want to be around me? And so I'm so unworthy because I've been so brainwashed that I'm into uh, the self-rejection is an automatic pilot. 
And when I've been so conditioned, well, the subsequent, the subsequent abuse that follows is something I deserve because I, I've been so abused, I, can, I am convinced that this is what I should have or go, what should go on in my life. Well, I'm, I'm nothing, so it doesn't matter. So the inner being, the heart is shredded. The personality is broken down. Now, this is true. Uh, in Luke 4, Jesus said that he has come to heal the shattered in heart. If you get some time, go and read about MK Ultra. Read about Tavistock Institute in England and the kind of brainwashing experiments these people do. And when they shred the personality, when they tatter the person, they, they deliberately split the personality through trauma and the so-called different personalities that emerge are called alters. I kid you not. These people have profound awareness and profound understanding. And Western theology that should be teaching the word of God instead followed Baal. And one of the greatest theologians to emerge from the West, Karl Barth, went to New York. And he went to a church in Harlem. And when he spoke to Western theologians, he said, what is needed is the ethic of love as taught by Jesus. Love one another as I have loved you. Karl Barth didn't care about a person's skin color. When you really think about this stuff, and you know this is a cosmic doctrine. This is a doctrine of the devil. Racial theory are a doctrine of the devil. Doctrine of demons. That's not going to be in heaven. And right now, within the believing community, when a person is really saved, the person, the new, the new being in Christ, loves the community. All the labels, all the tags, and all the lies associated with those tags and labels, disappear. Christ is all in all. There's neither male nor female. There's neither bond nor free. Well, Christ is all in all. And it is love. Love. It is agape. They sent Jesus to the cross because he loved us. He loved us before he knew us. He loved us. He died on on our behalf. Not on his own behalf. He died on our behalf. 
The enduring power of the word of God is seen in that while Western theologies are tucked away in libraries and learned periodicals, the Holy Spirit of God is still saving souls. The Holy Spirit of God is still transforming lives. Another theologian that I have in my library wrote, Sometimes the scholar's God is not God. And Francis Schaeffer wrote about theologians who talked about the God behind God. All that stuff evaporates and falls away. It is mere learned nonsense. As he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the cosmos, that we should be holy and without blame. That word with blame means without blemish, unblemished, integrated. I'm a moose, unblemished. Well, I'm blemished. <clears throat> I have this secret sin. That is controlling my heart. I have this secret sin that's controlling my life. I have this secret sin that's controlling my brain. I have this secret sin that has destroyed the inherent elasticity of my neurons because my brain is fixed around the idolatry of I'm unworthy. My heart is fixed around the idolatry of I'm not good enough. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he sent his son to die for those who were good enough, that they should not perish but have everlasting life. That is not what the scripture reads. For God so loved the world. Now, people who teach election bias, or it's only us, to ignore John 3.16, for God so loved the world. No, 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 no. By that, he means, he means only us, the elect community. And so they pervert the doctrine of election. They, have, they don't have a real understanding of the doctrine of election nor predestination. And so they pervert this doctrine. It is only us. It is this community. No one else. It is a failure of Western theology. Jesus' hands were outstretched on that gibbet. His arms were not folded down or, or nailed to his side or the, the side of that. Uh, tree, his hands were outstretched to embrace the world. His near nail-pierced hands embraced the world. So when people, when saints who are really born again, <clears throat> hear more of the perversity of, of 
the doctrine of election from little minds to go, oh, this doesn't sound because it's the Spirit of God witnesses, witnessing with your spirit. And so God will lead you out of that cult because it is a cult. And if you read about uh, cults in history, they all begin the same way. <clears throat> a charismatic teacher who leads astray the gullible. And his lieutenants or his captains are what? They're true believers. Read Eric Hoffer about the definition of what a true believer is. And he doesn't mean what the Bible means. Read Eric Hoffer. He was a scholar and longshoreman in San Francisco, and he did all his research at University of, of Berkeley. Eric Hoffer, H-O-F-F-E-R. And when I see Antifa and these other perverse groups, <clears throat> I think about Eric Hawker and think about the book by Herbert Marcuse, One Dimensional Man. And he talks about the cult of three-letter agencies. And he talks about, and there's another book you should read, uh, a Manufactured Discontent. Manufactured Discontent. If you really want to get an understanding of what you're seeing, and read about the Club of, uh, of Rome, and read about uh, Byron F. Skinner, B.F. Skinner, and read C.S. Lewis, The Believer, The Abolition of Man. You need to read these books. Western theology has failed. It sought a convenient syncretism because it appeared that everything was going wonderfully. Now, church, up until the time of Constantine, was routinely persecuted by Roman emperors who said that the believers <coughs> were atheists because they would not participate in the cult of emperor worship. Constantine came along and he said, we're not going to persecute you believers anymore. In fact, we're going to bring together the church and state. That was the beginning of the end in many ways because now there is compromise. We're accepted by the world. Understand how the devil works. If you read carefully the book of Acts, you will note that when the believers were persecuted, when the community was persecuted, the community dispersed. And what did they do? They carried within their heart the gospel message. So the gospel spread. We know that St. Thomas took, took the gospel as far as India. We know Thomas, uh, he, yes, as far as, as India. And we know the gospel went uh, into Africa. And we know Paul took the gospel into Europe. He was given a vision. And the person in the vision said, come over and help us. So this mighty message of the love of God through Christ Jesus has spread throughout the world. 
because of faithful believers. Who what? <clears throat> you had many early Jewish believers who turned their back on rabbinics and the teachings of Rabbi Shemaiah and Rabbi Hillel, the first century. They turned their backs on that. And they were they were born again by the Spirit of God. Their lives were made new. And so they took this message with them because it was it became intrinsic, inherent. It was who they were. They weren't mere promulgators or messengers. <clears throat> they lived and breathed. The message was in their pores. The message went down to the cellular level and beyond. Because now they had a conjoint relationship with Christ Jesus. And they weren't doing mere lip service. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I unto thee. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, said Peter, rise up and walk. Rise up and walk. And this man who had been lame from birth leaped up. Because the old cosmology, the old way, the old world, the old thinking, the old thought, the old actions, the old attitude were gone. His spirit was no longer lame. And do you see? that Peter never used the word healed. It wasn't a medical term. The gospel made all things new, qualitatively new. God is is uncreated reality. He is prior to creation. He is the source of creation. He is the one who sustains creation by the word of his power. And after Jesus had died for our sins, He went up to heaven where he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, bespeaking a finished salvation on our behalf. Look, get your eyesight clear. Get get eyesight. And get your eyes healed so that you can see only Jesus. And stop being distracted by the things of this world. Let them grow strangely dim to the light of his glorious grace. Let these things, these human things, these foul things, these things that come to ruin, these things that grow old, where moth and dust doth corrupt and thieves break into steel, Let these things go strangely dim. Focus. Have an eternal focus. What's going to happen, Josiah? If I give up feeling worthless and and believing I'm worthless, what am I going to have? You're going to have a brand new life in Jesus. You have a brand new life. 
And let me tell you, once you come to Christ, you're going to have an automatic funeral for that path where you opted for malignant mediocrity and being like the people you were around. So God has called you out in a way and up into him because now you have chosen him and you know that you have an eternal life. You have a brand new life. And you have a brand new belief. You have a brand new way of thinking about yourself. And you're no longer walking around grief-stricken by the horror of what you are because now you have an internal smile thinking about all the wonderful blessings you have in Christ and who he is. And you have a dance in your step. You have a spring in your step. Your heart is glowing because you are new in Jesus. And guess what? It can't be taken away. No one can wrench it from your hands. No one can take you or pluck you out of the Father's hands. No one can pluck you out of the mighty hand of God. You can say R.I.P. past and the nonsense and the garbage and the carousing and the drinking and the drugs and the crazy sex trying to find something that matters in your life and you you know in your heart, this is not bringing me what I thought it was. Only God can fill that eternal vacuum in your heart. Only God can fill that void that you feel. And guess what? He will change your feelings by changing your emotions. When you change your emotions, then you're going to, it's going to change. About you and about others, about your future, and about who Jesus is. Because you're going to give off all that nonsense about what Western theology taught, and you're going to catch on and latch on to the enduring power of the Word of God. And you're going to grow up, and you're going to have a wonderful life, and you're going to have wonderful experiences, and you're going to meet some great people along the way who want to pray for you and bless you and be there by your side and not seek to be a trap spring or a scandal on in order to make your, you stumble, but they're going to help you in your faith, and they're going to pray with you and praise with you so that you will know how wonderful Jesus is, and life is amazing. Good morning. My name is Dr. Josiah Rich, and God bless you.